0: of my heart don't be all else to save that I begin my sermon today by asking you a question Do you believe Jesus or do you merely believe in Jesus The two are not in conflict with one another but the latter is meant to give birth to the former We are meant not only to believe in the Son of God, but to believe Him when He speaks. Our Holy Scriptures today began with one of the more famous passages of Scripture, that passage from Joshua. Joshua 2415 is one of the most famous passages back when the Christian bookstore Hackman's was open. I went in there one day, I was walking through their gift shop, and I counted at least six plaques that had, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, that you could buy and go take them home and hang up. Um, one of the more famous pa- passages in Scripture. And Joshua is challenging the people. He is saying, Choose whom you will serve now they've, this is on the far side of a lot of miracles folks they've seen the plagues they've seen the parting of the Red Sea they've wandered in the wilderness for 40 years and God has brought them safe to the promised land and now they must make a choice who will they serve and the people jump in and say far be it from us to serve anyone but God will do it only they don't in fact that's the whole Old Testament folks The whole Old Testament is the people of God failing to keep the promise that they make in today's passage. They fail again and again and again to choose the Lord over every other God in their life, every other God of their neighbors, every other ambition. They fail. And so God needs to send people to recall them to faithfulness. This is what we call the prophets. Okay, These people come with God's message, my mercy is great, come on home. You fell away again, but I'm still here, okay? That is what we have in, that, in the Old Testament. It's the bulk of the Old Testament. But the people keep falling away. In fact, their inability to keep this promise and our inability to keep this promise, to follow the Lord, to keep faith, in the choice we have made. That almost is one of the best definitions I've ever heard of original sin. Original sin is a doctrine that modern people, modern Christians, have trouble wrapping our mind around. But this inability to consistently, always to choose the Lord over everything else, that that inability, its it's we walk with a limp. We have this inability to do it and that is what we call original sin. And that inability is not just choosing some other God who has a name and we could put on a little statuary, but everything else about it. It has been truly said that the breaking of any commandment is in fact a breaking of the first commandment. Because the first commandment is, I am the Lord your God, you shall have no other gods before me. And then there's all these other things God tells us to do, which we know should be good for us. We know the character of God who brings us out of slavery and into freedom. We as Christians know even more, because we know the God who was crucified for us. And yet... We know that 8th commandment, but ooh, that piece of gossip is so good. We know the commandment against adultery. We know the commandment to keep the Sabbath day holy. We know the commandment to not steal, but hey, Bitstream is free. For those of you who are young, and exchange MP3s that way. In that moment, what we're saying is, I know what the Lord's way is. I believe in God. We haven't lost faith, but we've ceased to believe God. We've ceased to believe what He said to us. And for a moment, our own way seems wiser than His. We believe in God, but we cease to believe Him and follow His will. That's sin. It's a very simple word. And it is that sin is the very reason we need a Savior. Now, Joshua says, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. When you see the word Lord printed in the Old Testament in all capitals, um, that should translate in your mind to another word. Does anyone know what it is? Yahweh. Y-H-W-H why it's written in all caps like that, to indicate to you in the original text it was the name Yahweh, the name so holy that no Jew would speak it aloud, even in temple. And so that when the scroll was read and the reader came across the word Yahweh, that name spoken out of the burning bush to Moses as the name of God, they would instead say the word Adonai, which means Lord. Lord. And everyone gathered for worship just like you are would hear the word Lord and they'd think to themselves, Ah, Yahweh. But we don't say that name. It's too holy to touch with our lips. Joshua says, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And yet, they fail to do so. And so God needs to send a Savior. Does anybody know what the name Jesus means? Yahweh saves. It's the name Yeshua. Joshua. God sends His only Son. John 3.16, the most famous biblical passage. God so loved the world that He sent His only Son that whosoever believed in Him might not perish but have eternal life. Jesus, Yahweh saves. Is God's Son He is sent as Son. He's also Lamb of God. He is crucified. He is sacrificed as Lamb of God, the atoning sacrifice for our sin. He is then raised as Savior. But when the early church had to form its creed, when it had to be able to say in a very brief sentence what it believed, it didn't say, Jesus is Son. It didn't say Jesus is Savior. It didn't say Jesus is sacrifice. It said Jesus is Lord. The Lord, the word that every good Jew knew was reserved for God when spoken of in worship was applied to His only Son because Jesus saves and so we are called to believe in Him, but not just to believe in Him. To believe what He said. To believe Him, even when it challenges us, intellectually, morally, in terms of our willpower. To believe what He said because He is God in the flesh the Jews in today's reading asked the right question. How can this guy give us his flesh to eat? Not because he's, he's standing in front of you. It's because he's Lord. And what is impossible with man will be possible with God. So we're to believe him over our feelings. We're to believe him over our intellect. We are to believe him over our desire to do other things. Because he is the Lord. And because of the cross, we know His character. We know that whatever He commands us to do is for our own good. We know that there is going to be a hidden blessing in what He asks us to do, even though we can't earn our salvation by doing it. I heard a story recently of a um, A rock climber. Have any of you ever seen somebody doing rock climbing? Not at the local gym, but out on a mountainside. We were out in Wyoming a couple of years ago, and I watched a couple of people climbing Devil's Tower. If you know what Devil's Tower is, it was made famous by the um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Remember that movie? It's, it's the, the lava cone, the, the lava column from an extinct volcano, and all the soft stuff was eroded away. So there's this massive column shooting into the sky hundreds and hundreds of feet. These rock climbers are climbing up it, and I got to see two people doing solo climbs. Now, rock climbing up a face like that is scary enough when you've got a partner helping you. But in a solo climb, this is amazing stuff, they will get there and they have to put their own safety, they're called pythons. They, they put these safety um, things into the rock and then they move the next And they have to pull the old one out and put the next one above it and they work their way slowly up. And I'm told, I was told by a guy on the ground watching, he said, yeah, he's been climbing, he's been planning this climb for six weeks. You don't just tackle the rock face and hope, you've made a big plan to go up there and be safe well I heard a story about a guy who was doing just that he was tackling one of the hardest solo climbs in Tibet not Mount Everest but one of the big ones and um, he'd been planning that climb for weeks it was a three day climb now if you know what they do in the middle of this you you don't climb for 72 hours without a break they put two of those pitons in the thing and they put a hammock between it and they sleep on the rock face as they go up well he was keeping a diary and um as he was climbing, he got up there and, you know, he was, he, he was writing poetry in it and telling him, oh, I saw this bird and I did that. And, and then he was keeping that diary as he went and, and kept tucking it back in his pocket. Well, um, about the middle of the second day, fog blew in. And he was surrounded, couldn't see anything. He could tell which way was up because if his head went down, he got a headache. But he was losing track of where he was on the rock face. All his careful planning was falling apart. And as he made his way up the rock face, partway through, one of the pythons came loose. Fifty feet, he plunged. He was hanging out from the rock face. So surrounded by fog, he couldn't even tell what direction the rock face was. Because... When you climb, there's two safety pitons. One of them knocked out, but one of them was still pinched. And he hung there. And he started to pray, Lord, Lord, save me. I'm just desperate. I can't do this on my own. I don't even know which way to go, Lord. Help me. I don't know which way to swing. I can't find the rock. Help. And we know from his diary that he believed God answered him. He heard God say... Do you trust me? He said, Lord, you know that I do. I trusted you since I was a young man. Cut the rope. He struggled with that prayer. He struggled with what he thought he'd heard. And in the end, he couldn't quite bring himself to do it. He looked at that sea of fog around him, by his estimation of where he was on the rock face, it was at least 500 feet straight down. His last entry in his diary wrote, read, Can't cut the rope, but no help. I know help is coming. I'm going I'm to lock in. So he locked himself in so he could hang there. And that's where they found him dead from dehydration when the fog had blown out and the rescue team went up, he was hanging four feet above an escarpment that would have saved his life. Now we can can understand a person, I can understand a person at least, who when they hear something like that in prayer says to themselves, is that me or is that God? But when we read the very words of Christ in Scripture... There is no doubt who is speaking. And so we are called not just to believe in Jesus, but to believe Him and trust Him. And when He says, Come to me, you who are heavy laden, we need to come to Him. (laughs) When He says, This is my body, this is my blood, we need to believe Him, even when it looks like bread and wine. And when he says that if you do not eat my body and drink my blood, you have no life within you. We need to trust his words over our feelings. I've heard people say, I don't go to communion very much because I like it to stay special. And I ask them, do you not sin very much? (laughs) Because Jesus says, this is my blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins. And as Luther says, where there is forgiveness of sins, there is salvation in life. If we knew what was going on at the table, we'd run. And we wouldn't let the devil get in our way. <laughs> in today's Gospel reading, thousands of disciples desert Jesus because His teaching is too hard. It's kind of like, thanks for the fish and bread, but now we're leaving. <laughs> and so they miss the blessing that can only be had by believing and not just believing in Jesus. Would you join me for a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, gracious Lord, You who are so holy that our forebears would not even speak Your name, we thank you that you so love the world that you sent your Son to save us when we only believe in but do not believe you. And we thank you that he added to your teaching, that he completed it and fulfilled it. And Lord, we know we cannot earn our salvation by our obedience. But we know that you can use our obedience to bless us and those around us in ways that blessing could not go out otherwise. Strengthen us, O Lord. Keep us. Put our feet upon the path of obedience and help us to not only believe in you, but to let that faith give birth to our belief in the truth of all you speak. For you alone have the words of eternal life. And into your hands we commend ourselves, body, mind, and spirit, in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Be Thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Would not be all else to me save that Thou My presence, my light